Take two. Uh, welcome to Limit Up Podcast, everybody. I am Dan Hodgman sitting down with. Jack Pelzer is here also. Take three in some ways. <laughs> yeah, take that was... three. Uh, we've had a little bit of an audio issue, but I think things might be working here now. Um, okay, Holden didn't say Nothing no, from so Holden, we're good. So I think we're good. <laughs> Let's give this a shot. <laughs> Um, Jack and I were just saying before we uh, clicked in and then the first two times that we clicked in, a strong end here today in the markets. Uh, You got stocks kind of pushing higher here today. Um, The last two days, really strong tail ends to the day. This morning uh, you had S&P and NASDAQ both open up this morning, work its way down to settlement price. Got to love it. S&P came down, check settlement price, really a nice reversal off of settles. The NASDAQ didn't get quite down to settlement price, but they came to the first deviation off of VWAP. That is one of the indicators that I do watch relatively closely. We came to that first deviation, a nice bounce from there. So, again, we're always looking at different levels, seeing where those opportunities may present themselves. And both those markets uh, looking to end here uh, on their highs today. You've got crude oil. Pretty volatile off the numbers here today, but once that market slowed down a little bit, stayed inside. We worked ourselves all the way up to 82 bucks and as low as almost down to settlement price, which was 80.15. I can tell you personally, I'm not thrilled about the price of this oil. Um, I was looking for us to check 70 before we saw this bounce. We never got that check. Uh, would have been a week and a half, two weeks ago. We got pretty darn close. I think we got to 72 bucks, um, but since then it's been a big bounce up to 81 dollars a barrel. And lastly, the 10-year note, nice volatile move here today. Reverse of what we saw in the uh, the equity markets. No surprise there as they are uh, inversely proportionate to each other. That market opened up this morning, uh, went and checked overnight lows from those lows, rallied really nicely all the way to settlement price, and then we got a nice break off of settlement. So really some good opportunity here in some of these markets today. Obviously, you may be looking at more, um, but all in all, some opportunity, Jack. As I mentioned, Golden Cross Watch in the ES. We're about eight points away from the convergence of the 50-day and 200-day moving average, which was a nice bounce point on Wednesday. We've been holding above that now for a few sessions, which is nice. We're within striking distance of the month's high from back in November. I think that I was putting some sort of amnesia machine because I forgot of that one huge... um, the high for December in the ES was 41.79 or 41.80. And I was like, what was that? Then I was like, oh, yeah, that CPI number where things went through the roof and then went through the floor as things go. So keep an eye out in those levels. That is what I'm looking at per usual. Dan, why is oil got you down? Well, I had a trade on. Okay. I had a trade on. Well, I was looking for 70. We did not get to 70. I gave myself a little bit of a different out. Um, and I, it just fell short of my exact target. So I was bummed about that. One. Yeah. Well, what you're doing now is what we're talking about today in this episode, which is prep trade reflect part three reflection. I think the most important part in all of trading. I think it's the most important part. And I think it's what people do the least. I, if I had to rank the win play show on prep trade reflect, uh, trade is the big number one people do. Uh, prep is number two. If they do that, I would say a trade, big fall off prep, big fall off reflect. I uh, think in general, and as with all these steps, I'm guilty of it as well, is we don't spend nearly as much time on reflection as we should because reflection is hard. In anything you do, it's, for instance, the same way 
that after this, I'm going to have to edit this podcast. And it sucks listening to your own voice be recorded. Nobody likes doing it. But you get an idea of how many times you're saying, um, or like, or smacking your lips or stuff like that. That's how you get better. And, or, or, oh my God, take a look, look at a video. If you play a sport, take a video of yourself swinging a golf club or a baseball bat or whatever I really else you like, do. I uh, like watching my golf swing. I, it's, the ball is not a great flight and I'm not a great golfer, but I got a really nice golf swing. That's good. You're in the uh, minority where I know people who are actually pretty damn good golfers who it's, get very disheartened by looking at their swing because we're so used to 99, if, unless you're a golf uh, teaching professional or something, most of the swings you see are by the best players in the world. Yeah, just go watch the Matt Wolf like swing with the shoulder drop before the swing. The, yeah, the, just go watch that one and you'll feel thing. better about yeah. your swing. <laughs> yeah, so... I think what's common of all people that are high achieving in any of these pursuits is they spend a lot of time looking at their performance and dissecting what they could do better. So that's, I think, what we would talk about today. So we divide it into prep, trade, reflect, but there's a couple of different types of reflection in my mind. You can reflect and recording data is a big thing. I don't know if that counts into the trade portion or not, but in real time, as you're in trades, you're exiting trades, you should be keeping track of certain things. Dan, when you're trading during the day, you got to trade. What are some things you're thinking about? So to be honest with you, I don't really do any reflection throughout the day. I, I try and keep myself mm. very locked into my strategy and my plan. If the plan's not going well, I mean, I have part of my plan says where to get out and when to call it a day and a lot of those things. Um, obviously, after a trade, I, the only thing I really do is a quick annotation of was I right, was I wrong, you know, where did I get out, and just the quick data collection. Personally, that to me is not reflection. Reflection comes at the end of the day. Um, my big thing is, you know, it's football season. We're right around the corner from Super Bowl. I think they have a great example of reflect and tell any football player out there starting in high school, every single Monday, what do you do? You go watch film or Tuesday. The NFL, I think Mondays are off. They go reflect on Tuesday in the NFL. You watch film. And not do you just watch film. You sit there and you critique your footsteps. You critique your movement, where your hands were placed. I mean, there is extreme critiques that get taken into that reflection, those days of film. These guys spend all of off-season reviewing film. Where was I struggling and how do I better that? And that's where that practice then follows through, right? Like you know what you have to work on, and the only way to know what you're going to work on is through reflecting. Trading is the exact same way. But, Jack, you said it really well in the beginning. Most traders focus on trading as number one, prep is number two, reflection is number three. Because it's really hard to have that humility and go listen to your voice again. Um, it's really hard to look back on a bad trading day when you know you screwed up. It's a lot easier just to say, hey, I screwed up. We'll move on. I won't do this again tomorrow. But when it comes down to it, if you're not putting in that time on figuring out what you need to practice from your reflection, if you're not going to figure out what you got to practice on, it's going to be really, really hard to avoid those bad habits. Or even worse, to get in the habit of chalking up all your uh... – bad trades to or poor trades to bad luck and all your good trades to skill that's an easy pattern to fall into exactly. i rare i 
I much more see the bad beat story than the lucky break story. But those both come at roughly the same frequency. So remember that. One thing that I liked, I didn't even really think about this as reflection until today, but when I was trading professionally, is because we were doing treasuries, the market would close at four o'clock. Well, both the two legs together of what we trade would close. So at like four o'clock, we'd essentially be done. Because treasuries are not a four o'clock close. Right. But the uh, cash bonds were. Yes. Yes. That, that's what I'm referring to. I just call them all treasuries. So at that time, we would sit down and there would be an hour and a half break before everything would reopen again. And that's when our night coverage would come in. So that's when our day was done. You get to work early. You'd be done about four. But one thing we had to do is we had these sheets printed out and you had to leave instructions for the people that were coming in to take over your position. And in a way, they quite literally forced you to think about everything you had done today and what had led you to getting into the position that you now have on and what to do with it. So that was a time. And it's one place where I like physically writing things. We've talked about that before with our legal pads and things like that of taking some time to think about not to get too philosophical, but how did I get here in the trading day? So end of the day, I think you should spend like a bare minimum of 15 minutes just thinking about, or start like anything else, start small, start five minutes, work your way up because some of the best traders that I've encountered or read about, do much more than that. There's a few who are legendary for almost spending more time dissecting what they did and researching the day than they did actually trading. There is, Jack, a great book, and I am having an absolute brain fart, and it talks about two traders and the reflection, and uh, I'm going to think of this. I'll get it in the comments at some point. Um, but it, the story goes there are two traders that traded in the same on the same firm, and what they're doing one of them is very successful, comes in and does really well. The other one, not so well, you know, has ups, has downs, sure. um, and is educating themselves throughout the way. So the one that does really well, no reflection, comes in, trades, leaves. Eventually, has starts to have some bad days. The one that's been struggling comes in, spends their time preparing, spends most of their time preparing, spends most of their time in reflection. Um, the story goes, and this was a witness, this was a an author that actually sat in a prop firm watching this whole thing play out. The trader that was skipping lunches to focus on their plan, figure out what was going wrong, what was going right, um, ended up becoming a very successful trader. The trader that started off hot um, ended up losing his job because he couldn't control his downside, really had no plan around it. And that's really where you find growth in traders is when you sit down and you focus on what am I doing wrong? Jack, you at, you got philosophical talking about what did I do to get here? Well, I also would add into that, you know, when you are reflecting on your day of trading, you should know why you got in every trade and be comfortable answering that to anyone that asks. If you if someone asks you, why did you take that trade? I, You know, it was a bad trade. I don't even want to talk about it. Well, you knew that in the moment. You should know that now. That's part of your reflection is, okay, how do I avoid that trade? That was the trade I took. What was going on and how do I avoid that situation? That's what you're going to learn from reflection and taking your time and really thinking through, like you said, what did I do to get here? If you can't answer those questions of why did I take this trade, 
you don't deserve to be taking that trade. And it only works if you're honest with yourself. What's nice about reflection, if you're doing it yourself, is you can be completely honest. You can always reverse engineer some sort of reason that you got a trade. But I feel a lot of times looking at, say, random accounts in the trading combine or other things like that, is that uh, why did I sell it? Because the price was high. Why did I buy it? Because the price was low. That's not a good enough reason. It's not. And then you got to <laughs> no, have that it's... humility and the honesty within yourself. Um, I've seen people, you know, post about the big winning day. You know, if I had my day, everything worked. Well, you look back at their previous performance or their follow-on performance, that was an anomaly. Um, you know, they hang their hats on the one big day. You know, you got to – how do I continue to replicate that? What were the things I did right on those days too? Because it's not always just about having bad days. You want to find what you did really, really well and you were successful at, and that's what you want to capitalize on. I've always said, you know, we're going to have strengths and weaknesses, and weaknesses are not, you know, we don't lose our weaknesses. We just focus on those strengths, and that's what's going to overcome and help us continue to grow. If you're not figuring out what your strengths are, you're going to struggle. So we're kind of talking about two broad facets of reflection, I think, in trading is you have your sort of objective data stuff and the more subjective, how did I feel? Why did I do this? What's going on here? And I think that they're both very important. So I was wondering for you, I mean, in our trading combine dashboard, for instance, I think these are important. We keep track of for you, your average risk reward. So your average winner versus your average loser and win rate. Those are two very important ones to keep track of. And you should have them, I mentioned last week, specific to ideally you have a strategy, a trading plan that's consistent. And so you can compare those numbers over time with more or less similar trades going on. Dan, feel free to talk about either of those, but also if there's anything else from a data sense, a sort of objective stuff that you track when you're trading. For sure. I mean, for myself, um, there's a lot of data I track. Um, I, I don't look at my data on a daily basis very much. I'm not usually just in and out in a single day. I do have trades that I'm, you know, day trading, but most of my trading, you know, I'm looking at it on a monthly standpoint. Uh, when I look at our dashboard, there's a couple things that I absolutely love, um, especially when I used to talk to traders, you know, on a daily basis. Um, number one, you know, look at your history. That PNLO, there's that column PNLO. Um, you can get a pretty good understanding of yourself as a trader on where that tipping point is. If you look at PNL low versus your net PNL on the day, you can figure out pretty well where that tipping point of like once I get negative a thousand, I've never come back from it. You can look back at you know sometimes 30, 40, 50 trading days, and those minus 1,000 is the tipping point, and you end up running that account lower. So that usually tightens up people. That, that's always I've seen tighten up people's personal loss limit. So I would start there. The next place I would really look at, which I wish I always had in my own trading when I'm trading outrights, time and trade. Time and winners versus time and losers. Um, traders that struggle are usually in their losing trades twice as long as they're in their winning trades. And I think Hogue has said this a million times. I'm looking to be wrong fast. Um mm -hmm. If I'm in a trade, okay, then this should be, you know, the longer I sit in it, the better chances I have. Um, 
and I would would wholeheartedly agree with that. You don't want to be in your losers as long as you know twice as long as you're in your winners. So those are two areas I really think any trader in the combine should be looking at. As far as my own stuff, um, obviously risk reward. I like to watch that. I really don't care about win percentage. Um, typically, my risk reward is big enough that very small winning percentages I'm still profitable on. I think a lot of people like to tout the win percentage. Um, tout that risk reward that's where the big money's at um so those are really areas i like to pay attention to and then my data points are really ranges i'm looking at market range on day what was my success within that the range for the day you know where was the market trading what was the um market state those are really where i track based off of my own trading and that's where i get a better idea of the style of trader i am that's where the reflection kind of doubles backwards in your preparation when you start looking at market state and things like that. That's going to help you the next day. So in a way, reflection sets you up to then. It's all a circle. Prep, trade, reflect, prep, trade, reflect. That's why we hark on it. Uh, to add on the objective end of it, if you are more, I tend to look at more, more data things sometimes because that's where I'm comfortable. I think beyond risk I mean, you reward, are a numbers guy, Jack. I'm a numbers guy, and sort of when I think of if, – if, if I was going to trade a bunch of my own money, I would think about it in terms of something like the sharp ratio is kind of a king of that. Uh, what that is is it factors in your returns and your variability of it to talk about the attractiveness of a investment. So that's if, if you start out with a $10,000 account, looking at something like your sharp ratio over some period – gives you an idea of how attractive you are. And to do that, it's sort of your average return for the period minus the risk-free rate, which remember, you know, 10-year treasuries at 3%. If you're putting in a lot of work to get 3% a year, you could do it a lot easier like that. And then it's div div uh, divided by the variability of the returns, right? Um, if I was looking at two traders to hire and they both averaged uh, $1,000 a day, but one was swinging wildly back and forth, and one was between 500 and 1500 gained each time. I know which one I'd be hiring. And 100%. from that, you can get a, yeah, you get a good idea of what is my problem. Is it that I can't generate profits, or do I have too much variability? And that's a good mathematical way just to look at that. You learn a lot by looking at a dist distribution of like your days. Say so you lay out all your days and see what they look like, right? Yeah, you know your average uh, loss limit and your average profit, but go deeper on that. Like, is it is your average being weighed by a bunch of huge days and not so many kind of in the middle? There's a lot of nuance beyond just average. So really dive in there if that's something that appeals to you. Or if you know that your asymmetric risk is good, like Dan, if you're going for you know, some people are looking, Hoke sometimes looking for five, eight to one on certain trades. Then you know you're probably good there. So see if that is your strength or your weakness. Reflect, as they say. That's a great point. I mean, data is huge. Um, data is what this industry is all about. You know, that's really where the answers come from. Um, and in grand scheme of things, you know, we can be pretty consistent on a lot of our approach where the big hurdles come in and where the things that we, you know, a lot of traders, um, I will say, especially, you know, growing up in this industry, I've known a lot of traders that have, uh, let's call it an ego. 
And the last thing they yeah, want I to knew talk about is, you know, emotionally I was struggling. You know, I, I was, you know, I had a sad day. You know, I woke up sad for whatever reason. If those are things that, like, you struggle with saying out loud, tame to yourself, those are things that you got to monitor and you're, that's part of your prep. It's also part of your reflect. How was my emotions throughout the day? You know, you get some bad news midday. How does that emotionally affect you um, on your trading? I can promise you, you know, if I am in an emotional bad place, my trading is going to be very similar. It's not going to be very good. Um, those are things that you got to pay attention to. And I think Hogue said it. It may have been Hogue. It may have been someone else. I don't remember who sold this. It was Aristotle or yeah, Plato something like that. They're or Hogue. All in the same category. Like um, Hogue's about the same age as them. He's not here to same defend hair. himself, but I'm still going to say it. Um, I'll message him after this that I made fun of his age. No, but it really is. It's um, when you are journaling throughout the day. I think it was Hogue that said this. Quick annotations, but also what were my emotions in this trade? That it's such a vital thing that so many people don't want to talk about that you have to be open at least. Again, you can you know BS anyone in your life uh, when it comes to trading. What you can't, what you cannot do if you want to be successful is BS yourself. You gotta be honest with yourself because if you're not, you're never gonna be able to uh, overcome some of the hurdles. And if you find that you're always anxious depressed all these negative feelings are just corresponding to when you're down on a trade i mean that's something that either you gotta work on or maybe this isn't for you because if and i think that's the single if i could pick a single thing that you need to be an effective trader it's not a computer engineering degree or applied mathematics and it's not just like, you know, commitment. I would say it's the ability to just deal with losses in a objective way and not let it overly affect your self-worth, your how you're looking at the market. Because the most, besides overtrading, the most common mistake, or not mistake, but just I would say poor habit people have is dealing irrationally with losses. And that can mean a lot of different things. That can mean moving stops. That can mean doubling down to hope trade, cutting winners way short, bailing, just being in the wrong mindset, usually when you're down money. Absolutely. Like you're always worried about what's going to get taken from you. It's like you're... Uh, a caveman with a piece of and there's things there's things people can do to overcome that too um if you can at least i think the first step jack is recognizing i get emotional anxious and freaked out when the market goes against me we have content out there about design distractions um you can get up i have a peloton in my office i will get up and ride the bike if i'm in a trade that i don't like what's going on but I know I'm in it for you know a solid reason. Go ride the bike. You know, take the dog for a walk. Make a sandwich. Go sit in another room. That's the best part about trading, um, especially yeah. on a computer. You can get up and walk away and ignore what's going on in the market. Now, maybe for some people that becomes harder because they you know they can have they lose control and they don't have that control. But to me, it's a really great thing 
um, when I ignore stuff. That makes me feel a lot better. Right. And not being able to kind of mentally navigate these things, training is not for everyone, and that's not at all a bad thing. I have a quick story before we wrap up because I, I don't know if I've told this one, but I think it's illustrative of this. We hired a person at a firm I was working at who was had literally been a fighter pilot. And the thought was that, A, that's damn impressive, as I'm sure you can attest to, Dan. But it's also like this person has got to have absolute ice in their veins. Like if you can fly a fighter jet, like trading and that stuff has got to be easy, right? Unflappable. Well, as it turns out, super smart person but couldn't really trade and the reason was it wasn't because he couldn't understand it or somehow but he was extremely uh risk averse because it turns out if you're a fighter pilot uh you're checking down a list of eight thousand things every time and making sure that nothing goes wrong anything going wrong wrong is unacceptable right something goes wrong and life and death you know life or death and that works great for it, but that's not something that you can do while you're trading. Trading is the opposite, where it's kind of like S happens and you have to deal with it because, you know, you wouldn't fly on a plane where the pilot's like, oh, you know, I have this great strategy for flying. 70% of the time I land. I don't know how that guy's alive, <laughs> but like basically if you're too risk adverse, this inherently involves risk. So you're going to have to deal with that. And if you're not, that's completely fine, but maybe there's another way for you to use your talents. That's a great, uh, a great story, um, and I can see it. I mean, because these pilots, and I, I worked around a lot of them when I was in. Um, we were around a lot of the fighter pilots, and I mean, tough, ice cold, you know, no fear. But you're right. I mean, to fire up, just to fire up the jet, the the booklet of checklist items that they run through the time that they take yeah. obviously in the moment you know if something's they you know split second decisions but they are doing everything they can before that moment gets there to protect themselves um i i definitely could see you know i could see that being tough for some time some of them so as we wrap up here reflex is very very important and does not get the weight that it deserves in general. As we said, people tend to focus on just kind of when they sit down and doing the trading and not as much the prep and especially the reflection. So instant leg up. If you can spend a little time at the end of the day, thinking about what you did, how it panned out, and then that'll lead into a great start on the next day. Absolutely. Dan, Prior- I think that's all I got. I was just going to add, you know, prioritize it, you know, make it part of your routine. Um, work on that humility. You know, be honest with yourself. It's easy to, you know, tell ourselves one thing and as, as the day's going to try and maintain our morale. But at the end of the day, just be as honest with yourself as you can. You don't have to tell anyone else, um, but, you know, be honest with yourself. As my dad always says, the only one you cheat in golf is yourself. Same thing in trading. All right, friends. Well, thank you for listening. We'll be back. Maybe me and JD next week. I think Dan will be snowmobiling. But either way, we'll be on to some other delightful new topic. Hope your trading is doing well. Stay safe. 
be happy, namaste, and trade well. The Limit Up Podcast is a presentation of Top Step. Check us out at topstep.com to learn more about our futures trading combine and how you can become a funded trader. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.